Mary Edwards Walker was born November 26, 1832, and she died February 21st, 1919. She was commonly referred to as Dr. Mary Walker. She was an American abolitionist, prohibitionist, prisoner of war, and Civil War surgeon. She was the first and only woman to ever receive the Medal of Honor. Hello, this is Shalon Kaysen with the Shalon Kaysen Show, where I share biographies of all types of people from all over the world. Today is Troop Tuesday, and that means we're talking about a military hero. They might be a civilian that did something heroic during a war, or they might be a soldier that likewise did something heroic. And today we're talking about Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, who is the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor. And she was a civilian. Walker was born in the town of Oswego, New York on November 26, 1832. Her father was named Alva and her mother was named Vesta. She was the youngest of seven children. She had five sisters and one brother. Alva and Vesta raised both their son and their daughters in a progressive manner that was revolutionary for the time. Their non-traditional parenting nurtured Mary's spirit of independence and sense of justice that she actively demonstrated throughout her life. While they were devoted Christians, the Walkers were free thinkers who raised their children to question the regulations and restrictions of various denominations. The Walker parents also demonstrated non-traditional gender roles to their children regarding sharing work around the farm. Vesta often participated in heavy labor while Alva took part in general household chores. Walker worked on her family farm as a child. She did not wear women's clothing during farm labor because she considered it too restricting. Her mother reinforced her views that corsets and tight lacings were unhealthy. Her elementary education consisted of attendance at the local school that her parents had started. The Walkers were determined that their daughters be as well educated as their son. So they founded the first free schoolhouse in Oswego in the late 1830s. After finishing primary school, Mary and two of her older sisters attended Valley Seminary in Fulton, New York. Fowley was not only an institution of higher learning, but a place that emphasized modern social reform and gender roles, education and hygiene. Its ideologies and practices further cemented Mary's determination to defy traditional feminine standards on a principle of injustice. In her free time, Mary would pore over her father's medical texts on anatomy and physiology. Her interest in medicine is attributable to her exposure to medical literature at an early age. As a young woman, she taught at a school in Minetto, New York, eventually earning enough money to pay her way through Syracuse Medical College, where she graduated with honors as a medical doctor in 1855, the only woman in her class. She married a fellow medical school student, Albert Miller, on November 16, 1855, shortly before she turned 23. Walker wore a short skirt with trousers underneath, refused to include obey in her vows, and retained her last name, all characteristic of her obstinate nonconformity. They set up a joint practice in Rome, New York. The practice did not flourish as female physicians were generally not trusted or respected at the time. They later divorced on account of Miller's infidelity. Walker briefly attended Bowen Collegiate Institute later named Lenox College, in Hopkinton, Iowa, in 1860, until she was suspended for refusing to resign from the school's debating society, which, until she joined, 
had been all male. Inspired by her parents' novel standard of dressing for health purposes, Walker was infamous for contesting traditional female wardrobe. In 1871, she wrote, The greatest sorrows from which women suffer today are those physical, moral, and mental ones that are caused by their unhygienic manner of dressing. She strongly opposed women's long skirts with numerous petticoats, not only for their discomfort and their inhibition to the wearer's mobility, but for their collection and spread of dust and dirt. As a young woman, she began experimenting with various skirt lengths and layers, all with men's trousers underneath. By 1861, her typical ensemble included trousers with suspenders under a knee-length dress with a tight waist and full skirt. While encouraged by her family, Walker's wardrobe choices were often met with criticism. Once a school teacher, she was assaulted on her way home by a neighboring farmer and a group of boys who chased her and attacked her with eggs and other missiles. Female colleagues in medical school criticized her choices and patients often gawked at her and teased her. She nevertheless persisted in her mission to reform women's dress. Her view that women's dress should protect the person and allow freedom of motion and circulation and not make the wearer a slave to it, made her commitment to dress reform as great as her zeal for abolitionism. She famously wrote to the Women's Journal, The Sybil, a review of the tastes, errors, and fashions of society, about her campaign against women's fashion, amongst other things, for its injuries to health, its expense, and its contribution to the dissolution of marriages. Her literature contributed to the spread of her ideas and made her a popular figure amongst other feminists and female physicians. In 1870, Dr. Dr. Walker was arrested in New Orleans and mocked by men because she was dressed as a man. The arresting officer, Mullahy, twisted her arm and asked her if she had ever had sex with a man. Dr. Walker was released from custody when she was recognized at police court. Despite having kept a private practice for many years, Walker was compelled at the outbreak of American Civil War to volunteer as a surgeon, first for the army, but was rejected because she was a woman. She was offered the role of a nurse, but declined and chose to volunteer as a surgeon for the Union Army as a civilian. The U.S. Army had no female surgeons, and at first she was allowed to practice only as a nurse. During this period, she served at the First Battle of Bull Run in Manassas and at the Patent Office Hospital in Washington, D.C. She worked as an unpaid field surgeon near the Union front lines, including at the Battle of Fredericksburg's and in Chattanooga after the Battle of Chickamauga. As a suffragist, she was happy to see women serving as soldiers and alerted the press to the case of Frances Hook in Ward 2 of the Chattanooga Hospital, a woman who served in the Union forces disguised as a man. Walker was the first female surgeon of the Union Army. She wore men's clothing during work, claiming it to be easier for high demands of her work. In September 1862, Walker wrote to the War Department requesting employment as a spy, but her proposal was declined. In September 1863, she was employed as a contract acting assistant surgeon, civilian, by the Army of the Cumberland, becoming the first female surgeon employed by the U.S. Army surgeon. Walker was later appointed assistant surgeon to the 52nd Ohio Infantry. During her service, she frequently crossed battle lines and treated civilians. On April 10, 1864, she was captured by Confederate troops and arrested as a spy just after she finished helping a Confederate doctor perform an amputation. She was sent to Castle Thunder in Richmond, Virginia and remained there until August 12, 1864, when she was released as part of a prisoner exchange. 
While she was in prison, she refused to wear the clothes provided her, said to be more becoming of her sex. Walker was exchanged for a Confederate surgeon from Tennessee on August 12, 1864. She went on to serve as supervisor of a female prison in Louisville, Kentucky, and as head of an orphanage in Tennessee. After the war, Walker was awarded a disability pension for partial muscular atrophy suffered while she was imprisoned by the enemy. She was given $8.50 a month beginning June 13, 1865, but in 1899, that amount was raised to $20 per month. She became a writer and lecturer, supporting issues as health care, temperance, women's rights, and dress reform for women. She was frequently arrested for wearing men's clothing and insisted on her right to wear clothing that she thought appropriate. She wrote two books that discussed women's rights and dress. She replied to criticism of her attire. I don't wear men's clothes. I wear my own clothes. Walker was a member of the Central Women's Suffrage Bureau in Washington and solicited funds to endow a chair for a woman professor at Howard University Medical School. She attempted to register to vote in 1871, but was turned away. The initial stance of the government following her lead was to claim that women already had the right to vote and Congress needed only to enact enabling legislation. After a number of fruitless years advocating this position, the movement promoted the adoption of a constitutional amendment. This was diametrically opposed to her position, and she fell out of favor with the movement. She continued to attend suffrage conventions and distribute her own literature, but was virtually ignored by the rest of the movement. Her penchant for wearing masculine clothing, including a top hat, only exacerbated the situation. She received a more favorable reception in England than in the United States. In 1907, Walker published Crowning Constitutional Argument, in which she argued that some states, as well as the federal constitution, had already granted women the right to vote. She testified on women's suffrage before committees of the U.S. House of Representatives in 1912 and 1914. After a long illness, Walker died at home on February 21st, 1919, at the age of 86. She was buried at Rural Cemetery in Oswego, New York, in a plain funeral, with an American flag draped over her casket and wearing a black suit instead of a dress. Her death in 1919 came one year before the passage of the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which guaranteed women the right to vote. After the war, Walker was recommended for the Medal of Honor by Generals William Tecumseh Sherman and George Henry Thomas. On November 11, 1865, President Andrew Johnson signed a bill to award her the medal. In 1917, the U.S. Congress created a pension act for Medal of Honor recipients and in doing so created separate Army and Navy Medal of Honor roles. Only the Army decided to review eligibility for inclusion on the Army Medal of Honor roll. The 1917 Medal of Honor Board deleted 911 names from the Army Medal of Honor roll, including those of Dr. Mary Edwards Walker and William F. Buffalo Bill Cody. The disenrolled recipients were ordered to return their medals, but Walker continued to wear hers until her death. President Jimmy Carter restored her medal posthumously in 1977. She is one of six people to regain the award. Walker felt that she had been awarded the Medal of Honor because she had gone into enemy territory to care for the suffering inhabitants when no man had the courage to do so for fear of being imprisoned. So what's the lesson that we can learn from Mary Edwards Walker? The lesson is that sometimes doing the right thing is not going to be popular, but you should always, always try your best to do the right thing. And that's it for today's biography. Thanks for listening. This is Shalom Kaysen with The Shalom Kaysen Show. And until next time, keep learning from life.